hello, hello, and welcome to Growing with Kendall. My name is Kendall Motes, and I'm so excited you chose to listen to this podcast. This is week three of our 50-state essays, and I'm so excited to be sharing what I learned with you guys. We have Arizona this week, and I also got to talk to our PA State chaplain, Emma Musser, and she's telling us, too, about her SAE throughout high school and about her experience as a state officer. So first up, you're going to be hearing from Emma, who showed steer in high school. And then secondly, you're going to be hearing from Cashton, who also showed steer for her for his SAE. I'm super excited to share what I learned with you guys, and I hope you enjoy these two podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Growing with Kendall. My name is Kendall Motes, and I'm so excited that you chose to listen to this podcast. This week, guys, we have two in one podcast. We have our Arizona, and then we also have a PA state officer, Emma Musser, and she's going to be telling us about her experience showing steers. So we had Cashton, oh my gosh, we had Cashton telling us about his steer showing SAE, and then also just working on his parents' farm. And now I have Emma also telling us about her steer showing SAEs throughout high school. And then we also get a glimpse into her PA officer um, life and what she's been doing like this past year. So Emma, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Thank you. I like to do little timelines when I interview people in their SAEs. So could you just tell me when your showing first started? Yeah, so I started showing pigs when I was eight years old. And I remember sitting on a porch swing at my cabin and my dad um, just looked at me and was like, would you want to show pigs? And I said, yes, of course. That sounded so cool to me. (laughs) Um, So I started with my first group of pigs and I showed alongside my sisters and my cousins. So not only did I have two pigs of my own, but we also had like 10 pigs at a time, sometimes even 20. So we had lots of pigs in the barn. um, And as I grew up showing these pigs, I really wanted to get more involved. And so from showing pigs, I then started um, to show steers. And I had showed a pig at the Elizabethtown Fair and got grand champion. And my sister had wanted steers for the longest time. So she made a deal with my dad that if we won grand champion pig at the Mannheim Farm Show, he would buy us a pair of steers. Oh, wow. My dad, my dad didn't think we were going to win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he said yes, and then we ended up winning at the Mannheim Farm Show. So from that deal, um, we then went up to Penn State to their block and bridle sale um, in 2013. They don't have it anymore, but uh, we got our first pair of show steers, and I brought those back to the barn, and um, as I continued to show them, I loved it. Um, I loved my pigs. I loved my steers, but I still wanted more. So then I showed teeth <laughs> for a couple years. Um, quickly realized sheep were not my thing. And so then I showed a goat for my last, I think, three years of showing. So I really was very diverse in the animals that I showed. Um, And like I said, I had so much fun, um, and I loved getting to experience different species. Mm -hmm. Um, How old were you when you won Grand Champion then, and then you went on to Mannheim, won Grand Champion again, and then you got your steers? How old was that? I think I was in fifth grade because I got my first year when I was in sixth grade. Oh my so, gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, I was this little, I mean, I'm only five feet tall now. <laughs> but back then, I was definitely this little short girl with a bob haircut showing this big 1,300-pound um, steer. Yeah, so. that's crazy. So your first show then, showing steer, how long after that was, how long after was that when you got your steer then? 
Um, so we have steers for about a year. So it goes, we get them in October time and then we have them till the next October. So you have like a year with these animals, um, with my pigs and my goats, I would get them in April and then sell them in either August or October. So my steers, you definitely build a much deeper and more meaningful connection with them just because you have them for a longer amount of time. Uh Uh-huh. What was your favorite show and, like, like the most meaningful show? I don't know. Like, what show – yeah, what was your favorite show? <laughs> oh, that is a tough question. Oh, you're really getting me here. Um, but this year, as we know, because of COVID, most fairs were canceled. Um, and so I was really disappointed because I had missed out on my graduation and my prom, and I really didn't want to miss my last year showing livestock. So my dad kind of recognized how upset I was. And there were multiple people in our community who were really upset about this. So they came together, my dad, um, some of our 4-H leaders, and people who ran some shows at the fairs came together, and we put on this old line youth livestock expo. So it wasn't affiliated with either of our fairs because both of them were canceled. Um, But this family in Mannheim opened up their farm. They had just built this new barn, and they opened it up to us. And we came in for three days and hosted um, a show. We had a different species each day. Um, and so it wasn't a traditional last year of showing, but I got to see my community really pull together for the youth um, and really just recognize how important showing livestock is for our students and for our youth. And it was just awesome to see everyone use their different talents um, to pull together and put on a show when we didn't think we were going to get anything. So I would say that was my favorite experience. It really meant a lot to me. That's um, awesome. Just made me so proud of my community. Yeah. Um. Was that when? Like, what month was that? So we had one in August. Okay. Place of the Elizabeth Town Fair. Okay. Now, do you have the state officer team? That's pulled together by August, right? So, did any of them yes. like help with that as well? No, we didn't. Nobody came and helped with it. No. Okay. But yeah. Awesome. What? was the hardest part about getting everything together for that you said your community really pulled together but what was just one thing that was like the biggest challenge i think our biggest challenge was um figuring out the logistics and how we were going to do this um because we had never put on a show for ours like normally at the fair there's a fair board and they're planning and there's people committees that are ahead of each like species and so they've been doing it for years they have a plan they know what they're doing but for us we had never done this before financially we didn't know how we were going to do it um but we were so blessed to have sponsors just really um support us and really just show up for us and i remember i sold my steer um it was my second to last year so i had one more steer at the barn but i was selling my steer at the first old line show and I was amazed because bids were flying and our community was just overly supporting our youth. I had never experienced a sale like this before. Oh, wow. um, where people were just so generous. And I, I, afterwards, I looked at my dad and I cried. And I didn't cry because I was selling my steer, but I cried because of my community and how generous they were in a year where I know they're not doing well. And in a year that I know it's so challenging for so many ag businesses, but they still came, they still showed up, and they just, um, blew me away so it was an incredible experience um and I just it was something I was very happy that I could be a part of yeah that's awesome I did I didn't even know that I think that is so cool oh my gosh 
Now, in a normal year when there wasn't COVID, what all went into you going and showing your steer? So, um, showing steers is a lot, man. You got to pack up everything and you take it um, to the show. So, we would get together our brushes, our wash stuff. Um, we have a blocking shoot. So, when the steers are young, we bring them into a blocking shoot and it just kind of like holds them secure so they feel safe when you're working on them. And also, it is like poles. So, if they would kick, they wouldn't hit you. As they get older, though, we don't need it as much, but um, it's just kind of the piece of equipment that we um, train them with. So we bring that to a show. Um, we bring all our adhesives. So we fit them before the show. So you really want your steer to have a lot of hair. So through the year, I would work on my steer. I'd go over, I'd wash him, I'd blow him out, um, and I'd brush his hair. It sounds kind of weird, but <laughs> the more you maintain their hair coat, um, the more hair they're going to have. So when you have more hair, you can then clip them. And it's like giving them a haircut, and it makes them look so much better. So the more hair, the better they'll look. So we would um, bring all of our adhesive, which is like a glue that you spray that pulls their leg hair up so they look heavier boned um, and more ideal for the judge. We bring our spray paint. So when you use the glue, you then uh, put spray paint over it so they can't tell you used the glue. Um and so we pack all that stuff up, we load them on the truck, and then we take them to the show. And then we would unload everything. So it was a lot of packing up, going, and unloading. Um, and it was definitely a lot of steps. But Yeah, and shows are only like, what, like a couple days. So then you're unloading, and then just a couple days later, you're packing up again. Right. A lot right. of work, it's but funny. definitely worth the effort, for sure. Yes, definitely. Now, once you get to the show, what makes you feel like you're at the show? I know I was talking to Cashton, and I just said when I get on the volleyball court, like, I get, like, an adrenaline rush. What for you, like, you know you're at the show and you're ready? Um, That's a tough question. I would say I definitely do get an adrenaline rush, too. Um, It's just great to see everyone around getting their bedding set up, unloading their trucks, getting weighed in. Um, and seeing just all these families work together, I I loved the people that I showed alongside. It was probably the most meaningful thing to me that I got of the experience um, because everyone is so kind and so ready to lend a helping hand wherever you need one. So it was always a joy for me to see all these families working together, um, helping their kids. Um, and to do that alongside my family was something very special to me, too. So I just... I loved getting there. I loved the anticipation of driving there. Um, but there was also some fears, too, because you're taking a steer that was raised at home and you're bringing it to somewhere completely new. And sometimes these big 1,400, 1,500, 1,300 pound animals get scared. Um, and so I was always fearful that when I took my steer off the trailer, would he run? Would I not be able to control him? Yeah. I just. There were so many fears going into that, um, and every time it turned out okay. So, But just that anticipation was something I always kind of worried about, um, but it always turned out fine. Uh-huh, and the hard work pays off. Look at you. This is awesome. What was the show that, like, you did the best at? You can you can toot your own horn a little bit for this <laughs> question, but what show were you most successful at? This is a tough question. I definitely had my years of success. I think that um, Sears were definitely my most successful project, and there were a lot of years where I won Grand Champion with my steer. 
Um, but one year in particular that stands out to me was probably, I think it was my third steer. And I was still young at this point. I was probably, I think I was a freshman in high school. So I was getting into the steers, having a lot of fun. Um, but with this year, I wanted our county roundup. And then I won um, at our Elizabethtown Fair. And then I was so excited for Mannheim because I was I wanted to get that triple crown, um, and unfortunately I didn't, but it was still um, a great year, and then my sister did end up winning all three shows that we attend um, a couple years later, so it was really cool. Um, I always felt like a win for her was a win for me, and I felt that with all my siblings and cousins because we worked so hard together, um, and so it just feels like her animal is my animal. So I had my years of success, whether that was in steers and pigs, um, I think I had a win with every species. So I was very blessed. Some kids work um, very hard for a long time and don't ever get a win. And my dad always told me when you get one, you got to hold on tight and really appreciate it because you never know if you'll get one again. Wow. Very wise words from your dad. Oh, my gosh. He definitely – I mean, even though he definitely he didn't think that you were going to win at the show and then you got your steers, he really set you up for success, and that's awesome. What, during high school, did you find it challenging to, like, keep up with your steers and with your um, animals? I definitely did. I, there were years where I was very stressed out because not only was I showing livestock throughout the year, but I was also um, chapter president of my SSA chapter. I was, I had a part-time job at a flower shop and I was involved in my school's Bible club. So I had a lot of things going on. And it was very hard for me to um, kind of learn how to time manage and what does it look like to care for these animals and to be involved in school and to do it all well. It was something that I really learned over time, but something that I feel like I got better at as time went on. Yeah, definitely. I, right. And so I don't live on a, the farm where I kept my animals. My grandparents used to have a broiler chicken farm, and it's actually where my dad grew up. So I kept my animals at my grandparents' farm, which is about 10 minutes away from my house. So I have to feed my animals twice a day. That puts a new wrench in things. Yeah. So I would have to, um, before school, I'd run over and I'd feed. And then after school, on my way home, I would feed. So luckily, the farm was on my way to school and I could squeeze that in. But it was definitely a challenge not living right on the farm and the animals not being in my back door. Uh, did you find it challenging then, like, in ninth and 10th grade when you couldn't drive to go and feed them two times a day? Oh, for sure. My dad would have to take me over. Or sometimes I think he'd feed for me. Um, but, yeah, that was definitely a challenge. And once I got my license, I really felt like it became my project because not only was I driving over there to feed, but I was also going um, to the feed mill and buying the feed. I was going to Brant's Farm Supply and buying my <laughs> um, show supplies. I was basically taking the project over for myself, which that independence was very helpful for yes, me. Yes, and definitely. it probably feels super, super rewarding after like all those years of getting your parents like much-needed help, but then having it all to yourself and being able to get it done. Right, yeah. Now, being a state officer, how are you keeping up with your steer then? So I finished showing. So I finished showing last October would have been my last year. So I was 
oh, a couple months into state office when I finished showing. Um, and that, again, took some time managing to get used to a new schedule um, and what that looked like to have um, show steers in the barn. But now I'm done showing. My years are finished. I showed for 10 years. So um, a decade of my life I dedicated to showing livestock. Um, so now that that's over, um, it's also provided me with new opportunities to um, serve the state of Pennsylvania, and I'm happy that I can dedicate more of my time to doing that instead of worrying about livestock in the barn. Um, and this state office adventure has definitely been one I will always remember, um, and I'm just thankful for a lot of time to invest into it. Yeah, that's awesome. And this past, like, almost year, you've been pretty busy. Can you tell us about all of the new opportunities that you've gotten to experience over the past almost year being in state office as our chaplain? Yeah, sure. So this year has um, been a lot different than what I anticipated. Um, for years, I had watched state officers, you know, going up on stage, making these big speeches, um, showing up to my chapter in person and having so much fun with us. And when I ran for this position, I had an idea that that's not what my year would look like. And I was hopeful that maybe it could. Um, but it's definitely challenging because it's not what I, it's not at all what I thought it would look like. Um, but that doesn't make it any less special to me. I have had the honor of going to some of the most meaningful in-person events. And these events have become so much sweeter because they're less often. Um, it is such a joy for me to go in person and to see people's faces face to face and to have just meaningful conversations with them um, rather than behind the screen. But that being said, virtual opportunities have taught me so much. We are connecting with more members than ever before because we have such a platform virtually to reach them. And that is something that I don't really fully understand the impact of, um, but I know it's there. And it's blows my mind that we could have a midwinter convention in January and that my grandma could come watch it when she would have never seen it in real life. Um, so I just think sharing these moments with people that mean a lot to me is super special. I remember when I first got elected, um, I, you know, when you normally get elected, you're at the Bryce Jordan Center, the music's going, the lights are all over the place going crazy, the anticipation is so real, and I didn't get to experience that, but what I did experience was sitting in a room um, with my closest family, I mean, getting to share that special moment with them where they could just show me how proud they were of me was something super special, it was frustrating for sure, Yeah. Um, but it was special to experience that with them um and something that i think will mean much more to me than being in a room full of people that i don't necessarily know so this year has been challenging for us as state officers but we know it's also challenging for our members and i think that's where our heart breaks because i see all these students going to school wearing masks and not getting the opportunities that I got out of FSA. Um, and it just makes me very sad because there's so much good to experience. Um, and there's so many opportunities that you don't get back. And so I just hope and I pray that these next coming years, we can all be together and celebrate once again in person. Yeah, for sure. And you guys have done so well at making all of these events virtual. And I'm super, super excited for in a couple of weeks when we have our ACES conference. And that was one of my 
that was like my favorite F of A experience that I ever had. And that made me know that like F of A was something that I wanted to do. And not having that again this year was so upsetting. But then once we heard that we were going to have a virtual and like that two nights a week or two nights for one week, we'd be here and we could all eat pizza and sit around in the shop and oh. have this event. I was like, this is awesome. Like it feels like FFA again. And even for National FFA Week, we had Colby's Cow Karaoke again. And we had you and two others be able to come. And that was just awesome meeting you guys as state officers like one of our biggest role models and then also having the events that we had before corona started and just being able to carry on traditions even though there are challenges in the way now being in state office that time is coming to an end what all do you want to achieve before the end of your time so i have about a couple months left, less than six months, less than maybe four months. I couldn't tell you how much time I have left, but <laughs> I have a couple months left. And I think one of the biggest things for me is just um, quiet celebrations. So the Lord has been teaching me a lot about the importance of quietness and the importance of stillness. And I am very loud. I love to be busy. I love to fill my life with so much things, so many things. But the Lord is really teaching me that in the quiet seasons is where he talks to me. And in the stillness is where I hear him the loudest. And so as I reflect on my time as a state officer, I realize that the Lord has given me so many quiet opportunities and moments of quiet celebrations where I'm celebrating FFA members and they don't even know. And so um, that has definitely been hard for me. But one thing I've been challenging myself is learning how to love from a distance. So whether that's writing cards to FFA chapters after National FFA Week or sending a quick text or commenting on someone's social media, I have all this opportunity right at my fingertips to reach these students. And I don't know if I've done the best of that this year as I could have. So as I round out my year and as I reflect on all the great moments and people I've met, I just really want to be intentional with how I continue to connect with those students and how I continue to encourage them and speak life into them. Um, and I really want to finish this year knowing that I did my best to connect with them, even though it was challenging and even though it couldn't be an in-person connection. That is awesome, Emma. That really, I mean, I think about that too sometimes. I feel like I always just like, I always need to be in the know and I always want to like celebrate something good that happens. But sometimes it's good to just like sit back, relax, reflect and just be like, hey, good job. And I'm super proud of you. And for me, that's just like something super hard to do because again, I'm a very loud person. I always want to be in the know. So just being able to sit back and take time to relax and reflect is a challenge of mine. That is one of my New Year's resolutions. But thank you so much for talking to me today. I learned so much just about showing steer this week. And I learned so much about being a state officer and especially a state officer in COVID times, which I think it would be interesting to interview like past state officers before COVID and then future state officers, like when COVID's kind of rounding out or just when it's getting a little better, just to see how everybody handles things differently, whether it's just like home life, doing your SAE or being a state officer, everything gets crazy sometimes. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I loved getting to chat with you today and get to tell my story. Um, you asked really great questions, and so it was just really great to spend this time getting to know you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. I will see you all in two weeks. Hello, hello, and welcome to Growing with Kendall. My name is Kendall Motes, and I'm so excited that you chose to listen to this podcast. 
Guys, this is week number three of SAUs from all 50 states, and this one I'm excited for. One, I do not know that much about this, and it, it's going to be a learning experience for the both of us, okay? Or not the both of us, me and however many people are listening right now. So today, I'm here with Cashton. He lives in Arizona, and he is in the FFA as a member, and he has had two different SAEs, and his whole life has been really based around ag. And I'm so excited to hear about like his little timeline that we normally go through, you know, and just learn more about how Arizona runs their FFA. Every week, it's different, or every other week, it's different with how things are being run. And I always am so intrigued. And I know a lot of you have come to me and are like, Kendall, that is so cool. I didn't know this. Or wow, they knew all this stuff that I never knew could be an ad class. So I'm so excited to learn more and share it with you guys. So hello, Cashton. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, thank you for asking. I, as I said, I like to get like a mini timeline. So I would just like to know when your whole like ag career kind of started and sprouted off. So I was born, like our family had our company before I was born. So I was born into it and I've been around it my whole life. So that's basically all I've done. So. Ever since I was little, I'd go out to the field with my dad and riding equipment. Then once I got older, I started running equipment mm-hmm. and helping out for the company. Now, your family business, can you go more in depth about that? It's a custom harvesting and hauling company. So we cut um, crops for the dairies and put it up so they can feed the cows. And for, and for people who don't know, because I honestly had to Google it just because I wasn't 100% sure, but dairies, what is that? Um, they have cows there, and they'll feed them and milk the cows for milk and for all the milk products. Mm-hmm. Now, you're working on your family business. That is your SAE. What does a day of work look like for you? Well, we'll start at probably around six o'clock then we'll go out to the field then we'll start hauling and chopping then we'll work for probably 12 or 13 hours a day then we'll go home Mm -hmm. and we'll do that now are you in oh sorry for interrupting (laughs) it's okay are you in school full-time right now that you're able to work like a long day like that or is that only on the weekends um, I basically, I help out sometimes when I'm at school or when I'm in school, but basically when I do all, when we're heavy harvest, it's when I'm on summer break. Okay. So that's like your main focus then over the summer. Yeah. What is your favorite part about working with your family? Probably driving a truck. Driving a truck. What all? What all does that entail? Like, what would? Why would you need to drive a truck? When are the instances that you need to? And why is that your favorite part? Well, when I we need to is because that's how we haul the feed to the dairy from the field. So we'll we have equipment that'll chop the feed and Mm -hmm. blow it into the trailer. Then we'll haul it to the dairy, and the trailers are chain floor, and they'll unload it into a pile. Then we have tractors that push them up and pack it. Yeah. But I like driving the truck because it's fun and it's not really 
it's the day goes on faster because you aren't just in one spot like when you're in the field yeah um what is the most challenging part then about working probably not running into anything or <laughs> making sure maintaining the equipment to make sure nothing's going to break yeah so you can be more time efficient mm -hmm. now have you ever like i mean not trying to like single you out here but have you ever ran into anything and then you broke something and then that just threw off a whole process kind of kind of <laughs> okay um you were telling me earlier that you you had a different SAE for your freshman year and your sophomore year can you go into detail about what that was so freshman and sophomore year I did it on my beef projects for a fair so then I have a, a steer for our beef project this year but I'm doing this as my SAE this year, but last year they canceled our fair since COVID, so they had a virtual show, but I didn't show it. Gotcha. So do you have a steer right now that you're going to be showing then? Yes. Okay. And is there, what was, what all did that entail and like putting that in your record book and everything? Like what all did you have to do for your steer? You had to put like how much you spent on like supplies like shavings and feed mm -hmm. then like when you go to the show when you have to buy the um like the stuff to fit them so the oils and the adhesive to keep the hair up and the brushes and all that yeah what was your favorite part about doing that essay and you still have steers so obviously this is something that you like what what's your favorite part about it going to the show and showing them and seeing all my friends there. Yeah. When you go to your shows, how do you prepare for them? So we'll go, then I'll wash them, then I have blow, you have to blow them dry so they're fluffy. Mm -hmm. And so you'll wash them, then blow them out, and you'll spray adhesive in their legs so they'll stay up and fit them. And, but before that, you have to get them clipped. So their hair isn't really long. Yeah. What is your favorite part about being at a show? You kind of said that it was like seeing your friends and everything. But is there like an additional thing that you enjoy? Showing my steer, like going in the show ring. Yeah. It's almost like me going on like the volleyball court, being ready for a game and getting super excited. Is it just like kind yeah. of like an adrenaline rush? Kind of. Yeah. Um, what do you dislike the most about getting ready for a show? I shouldn't say dislike. I mean, I like these word challenges, but you take it as you want it. <laughs> I don't know really what that would be. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about the ag classes then at your school. Obviously in all different states, we have different classes, different opportunities, what kind of things do you, what kind of classes do you guys have in Arizona? So we have uh, just the regular ag class, the intro to ag. Then we have a biology ag class. But then we have a plant science and an animal science. 
and we have ag business, an ag practicum, and uh, ag mechanics. Gotcha. Now, which of those classes have you taken? I've taken intro to ag, um, the bio class. I'm in plant and animal science right now. Gotcha. Can you go in depth about what ag practicum is? I have never heard of that before. It's like a catch-up class, so you can do, like, homework in there, and if you have a project or something for ag, you can go in there and work on the project. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Um, do you guys have, like, a class for your FFA officers, do you know? No, we do not. Gotcha. Thank you so much, Cashton, for informing me about the different ag classes that you have at your school and about your SAEs. I really enjoy hearing about multiple of them, and it was super cool that you had two. And both of them you're still kind of doing right now, even if they're not in your record book. Yeah. Thank you all for listening to me today. Talk to Cashton. I am super excited to talk to more states. I don't know what next week is going to be yet, but I assure you that it's going to be something really cool. And I am so excited to talk to you all in two weeks. Thank you for listening.